So you light bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames The Godfather's one and two But not so fast, we got them podcast We like that too we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. Hey, Bon Vivants, welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. I'm Brad Jones, and with me, of course, is the Bon Vivant himself, Mr. Keith in low. Hola. Okay, full disclosure. A little Spanish language. We haven't left the beautiful Lyceum Theater in Air Rock, Missouri. Well, we're just, this is a continuation. This it is. is a, this is a road trip. We're knocking off as many episodes as we can. So, well, this no is harm, just, no foul. This is just one that works perfectly on a lot of fronts you bet it because, does. and full disclosure, I'm on the board here at the Lyceum Theater and it is really one of the most enjoyable things I do. Um, I know you love watching it. professional theater and professional people do professional stuff yeah. up here at this rather magical place and such a worthy cause. Yes. I mean, you know, if, I mean, we're gonna, if you're going to promote something, why not live theater? So let's, that's right. Let's that's do right. That. We, you and I are both huge live theater fans that's and right. artisans and passionate about it. So this is going to be a fun episode. And we've got the two gentlemen that have navigated the path for this theater better than anybody yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. We have the producing artistic director, Mr. Quinn Grisham. Hello, hello. In the house. Thanks for having me. We have the managing director, Mr. Steve Bertani in the hello. house. Yeah. So, so for Bon Vivants <laughs> out there who may have missed uh, episode 21. That was all the way to – we're up to 70-something. Yeah, 77. Quinn, Quinn is so, a – Quinn, you're in rare air. You're among the two-time guests now. Wow. This is your second time on the show. But I'm going to give just a little recap for Bon Vivants who may not know about the Lyceum and what it is and where it is and how it operates. And then we'll get into some of the stuff that they're doing and trying to do. Lyceum Theater, 60 years Correct. Yep, sixty one. So I mean, but over sixty years ago, continuously sm- run small professional theater. I say small because when it started, it was small. It was in an old church, and uh, it has grown over the years. But in the middle of central Missouri, about an hour west of Columbia, but it's in the middle of nowhere. And Brad, you've said this. There's no reason this theater should exist or have survived as long as it did. But it has built a loyal patronage and sponsorships and that kind of thing and has survived the years, survived COVID, and is thriving and growing. We're just so proud of you guys. And the other thing is performers we know who come here to work, who are shocked at where it is and what it looks like, want to come back. They love this place. So, I think that is so one good of the, for you. The, it, I think one of the great testaments of this place yeah. is when you talk talk to performers. Yeah, you know that leave New York City exactly. and come here, and they just love it and work at big regional theaters. You know, around oh, sure. the country. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah. they're they're shocked at first, but then they quickly grow to love this place and want to come back. And that's a testament to who you are and what you do and and our staff and, here. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, that 
make them feel welcome. Thank and, you for helping yeah. keep live theater alive for as long as you have. And uh, we don't see an end in sight. Well, thank you for <laughs> saying all of that. I, I, I don't want to start our discussion with an argument. Um, oh, but not? Uh, Arrow Rock <laughs> is not the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of everywhere. Oh, oh, I was going to say the middle okay. of somewhere. Way to My go. mistake. Way to yeah. go, Keith. I do, I, it's all in how you say it. And I'm a salesperson. It's all in how you phrase it. So I love that. I will change my verbiage on that. I get it. But yeah. Well, and they do some great quality shows. So we'll talk about their season uh, uh, past and the season ahead. And uh, But first. I tell you what. Why don't we try this lovely uh, Pinot Gris? Yeah, yeah, what do we have here? Yes. The guys said they liked Pinot Grigio, so we brought a Pinot Grigio today. And Brad and I have not had this. This is a new one from Barvino, uh, beautiful downtown Jefferson City, our bottle sponsor, Matt Green. This is a Mateo Bredot. And I thought it was Bredo, but I actually did the little Google pronunciation thing. It's Italian. It is Italian, and it's Bredot. Bredot. Mateo Bredot. And this is a Pinot Grigio from the region of Friuli Vincenza Giulia. And I did the pronunciation. pronunciation. I can't pronounce pronunciation. But I did that too. And so I know I'm not only saying it quickly and with confidence, but I know it's correct. All right. But that region of Italy is in the extreme upper northeastern section of the country, the border of Slovenia. That's where the Alps are. Right on the Adriatic and um, a lot of different soils that go into this. But this is just a clean, crisp, refreshing afternoon drink. That's right. It's it's good. (laughs) You boys got to go to work. And uh, so So we'll make the day more fun. Yeah. So great nose. Oh, that's very and nice. It's, it's a lovely. It's a mm. it's a pale yellow color. It's well, it's, it's not it's not a dark not, yellow. It's, it's not, not a gold. Yeah, it's not really a, a golden. There's a little pale, uh, almost a champagne color to it. This is Hints of yellow. This is so light. Uh, this this is a patio pounder. Yeah. This is a oh, this yeah. is one is that too cold? Uh, it's a little cool, but um, it's one as, of the reasons why I like a little bit. It's one of the reasons why I like Pinot Grigios. They're just a lot of times they're light and refreshing and just a great afternoon. Drink you know, and, Steve, and very economical too. I mean, this is yeah, this, this is, is a fourteen dollar bottle of wine. Wow! So yeah. this is very approachable. Very love it. The thing I like about this, Steve, is you know some Pinot Grigios can get uh, citrusy. This I get a not. lot of good minerality off of this. Mm-hmm. I do too. Old world should you should get that from Italy. Nice bouquet, but really balanced. I mean, I get I get fruit, but it's it's just. I get that lovely minerality on the aftertaste. I do, too. I do, too. I drink that all day. Me That's too. really good. This is a great compliment to lunch. Yeah. This would do it. You, <laughs> right you bring up a good point, though. This I would, eat lunch. This would drink nicely with some light uh, cheeses, crackers, a little uh, shrimp. A little mm. salmon. A little salmon, yeah. Yeah, it would be yeah. good. It would be perfect. All right. Be now, perfect. Steve, you're Italian. Um, oh. Where Where does your family hail from? Do you know? Some little village north of Milan. Okay. Kind of. My grandparents so, came along from Italy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Have you been? No. Um, I've not yet. Man. About to get back there. Bucket list. Yeah. Total, yeah. total bucket list. Oh, yeah. There's not like a fortune waiting for you and they just can't find you or something. <laughs> well, there, there is a wine, a Bertani wine that does exist that's okay. in, really? in the family distantly and still it's being, supposed to be really, really good. Still being produced? need to go back yes. and investigate that then. Well, yeah. and the, the we Bredeau family has been in business since the 1870s. So again, like a lot of Italian wines, Long heritage of old vines, smaller farms, smaller uh, vineyards, and they do more than just grapes. They do grow produce and things like that, too. Um, so check it out. Mateo Bredo. Bredot. 
See, I even want to say it like French, but it's Bredot. It, yeah, well, we're we're so French, you know, as, as we like to say. The only, the only problem with French that wines is, is the only French wines. If it's not French, French, we'll turn it to French. We'll right. turn it to French. But it's, yeah, it's Bredot in France. It's everybody else. It's Bredot. Okay, Bon Vivants. It's B R A I D O T. Yeah, and so we it looks will like post Bredot. We will post a picture of the bottle on the website as always. We will. So, delicious. I, I right. like this very a lot. Delicious. Very good. Thank you, Matthew. All all right, Very let's good. talk theater. Gentlemen, we just got through the uh, 2023 uh, season, and uh, I will I will say this. There isn't a theater in this country that wouldn't like to have our books. I mean, honestly, as far as attendance, uh, sustainability, you two have done an amazing job. Well, uh, our, our audience has also done a great job of showing up. That's right. Um, and and that, that that's that's really – it's the only reason we do this. Uh, is, uh, for all of those people to sit in those seats. Uh, we, we are very fortunate. Um, there have been so many stories lately and we've read all of them about, uh, so many theaters that are suffering right now, uh, that yeah. have uh, experienced a more than 40% capacity loss. Um, that has not been our experience here. I, I think Arrow Rock is a magical place. I think the legacy enjoyment uh, that has passed through generations is something that we have certainly uh, benefited from. This is just a very important place to a whole lot of people. And well, I'm, I mentioned your loyal fan base. Your lo- you have you have a very loyal season membership patronage, and you have done a great job on corporate sponsorship. And almost any theater will tell you nowadays, without corporate sponsorships, it's a tough road to hoe. And so, congratulations on that. Um, tell us about the season so what were some of the shows you did well we had a we, we we've done six shows uh ending fairly recently uh just yeah. a couple of weeks ago i want to talk about uh, that one last by the way okay well we'll talk about the last one last the last one last we had the adams family we had uh, the Cre- adams family and the spooky they were that boy were they <laughs> were they all together <laughs> on stage and off stage <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to get into that don't don't be aaron the, the, uh, yeah, yeah, no the, dirty laundry, the dirty laundry yeah. 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 yeah we'll just leave it at that <laughs> After that, we had beautiful the Carol King musical. We, ah, that's a great show. I've got to so tell you fun. what that was. That was my mother. Now the Susie review was she didn't know who Carol King was for anything, so she calls my brother who's in New York City, and Kent gives her a whole litany about <laughs> about Carol King, and so uh, I'm going to get her the uh, the double Carol King greatest oh, yeah. hits CD. I was going to say she, she had to know some of the music though. It's she, it's and so, I think and I think she did yeah. after she just didn't realize you know maybe who yeah the who portfolio it was. spans so many decades. Oh my gosh. I, I know she's familiar with the music, and that yeah. young lady was was. Tops. Devin Perry, who played the role for us, is, as far as we know, up until our production, the only person to play the role of Carol King and actually play the piano. Usually they fake it. I don't think that's correct. Really? Yeah, because I saw it in a touring company and... Nope. Promise. Okay. <laughs> they can fake it well. That's why they're actors. <laughs> yes, Broadway and the tours. They did yeah. not actually play. Okay. Um, but Devin did. Well, I'm surprised because she did a great job. Yeah, they, they, they fake it very well. Yeah. Um, but because that, uh, because Carol King's uh, whole body uh, finds itself on the keys. It just doesn't make sense to do the show and not have her actually play. Yeah. Uh, so that was really important to us as we were casting it, and uh, it really paid off. She was remarkable. She was well. You have very, a small house, uh, not small house. You have an up close house, intimate. Yeah. So a lot harder to fake it yep. when you're right there on top of the. You know, you're you're 
15 feet away. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the neat things about beautiful is that every single character in that show has a moment of, uh, a moment to shine. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, we were just really, really pleased with the cast we had for that. Well, you know, the show itself, the, the music stands alone, Sure, but it did a great job of weaving her story through the music. And I learned so much about, I've been a Carol King fan for years, but I learned so much about her early life mm-hmm. that I didn't know her songwriting partnership early in her life and how that progressed and fell apart. And yeah, just a very educate, not only entertaining, but educational. If you're, a fan well, of, I think with a lot Carole of people, King. Carol King starts with tapestry. Yeah. And yeah, believe right. me, there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a whole, lot, whole lot, lot more before that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the show basically ends with tapestry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does. It yeah. does. It was, yeah. it was, it was fantastic. You know, you just don't realize the struggles that people go through to get, you know, you just don't have the background story a lot. Right. Of how these artists start, a lot of people think, "Oh, they became famous," and they don't realize, you know, no. where it really started and the real deep story of their life before well, they got to where they are today. And for her, female, female and as young as she was as young in that she, era, yeah, yeah, unheard of. She was a groundbreaker. Just a couple strikes against her right yeah. there, yeah, yeah, and she she was just good. That's all there's to it. Yeah. Good always goes to the top. Have you noticed well, that? It, not always, but, but uh, sometimes it helps. Yeah. It helps. <laughs> Talent helps. Talent helps. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What was next? State Fair. At the Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, musical, which actually was originally written as a film uh, and then adapted to the stage okay. first at the Muni in the 60s, starring Ozzy and Harriet. And then after that, in the 90s, uh, it appeared on Broadway uh, with a, a young man named Ian Knauer in the ensemble. And uh, we were very fortunate that Ian joined us to uh, play the patriarch of the Frake family. Uh, in our production of State Fair, uh, State Fair, uh, was greatly enjoyed by our audience. Uh, one of the, one of the things that we really heard about was how exciting it was to see expert level tap dancing. Yeah. Some of the best, uh, tappers yeah. that you can see were in our production. And that was, uh, that was a real thrill. I my wife loves I a good love, tap number. I oh love tap dancing. Yeah. We'll I talk think it's one of the most, under, I think it's one of the most underrated Rogers and Hammerstein show. I really yeah. do. But it's certainly one of the most Unknown. It I mean, is. it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's not there and at the pinnacle. And of it's their... surprising because it's really, really good. It has yeah. everything you can imagine in it. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. What did I watch the other day? Taps was that the name of it with uh, Sammy Davis? It was the last movie that Sammy Davis Jr. made, and it was truly one of the best tap dancing movies of all time. Shoot, I don't anyway, know. I didn't know, know we were going that one. You've got to see it. It was. Amazing. Anyway. Um, All I'm going to think about for the rest of this interview is what the name of that movie is. Now, <laughs> so taps. Hey, wait, so you, you guys carry on. And you got I'll, a magical uh, device over yeah, there. You I'll can do an IMDb yeah, search here. There we go. Uh, 23rd Floor. Uh, Laughter on the 23rd Floor. Laughter yeah, on the Neil, Neil Simon's floor. comedy about uh, his time writing for Sid Caesar's Your Show of Shows. Ah. Uh, we were really happy to have uh, our buddy Dana Snyder back with us. Yeah, Dana is uh, a terrific actor, but also incredibly well known more for his voice than his face. And if you've seen his face, uh, you you know why. Uh, <laughs> he uh, he's he's a, an old friend from college, so I'm allowed to say that. Okay, All right. uh, he uh, he is the voice of. Uh, Master Shake on Aqua Teen Hunger Force uh, and a variety of other uh, Adult Swim shows, but also he he does a show on Nickelodeon right now on the Disney Channel. He's just he does tons and tons of voiceover work, uh, so we were really happy to have him back with us. Is that a script, Quinn, that you think 
community theaters should look at. Um, I just wasn't familiar with it, and I'm on the board of the Little Theater of Jefferson City right now, and so we're always seeking appropriate community theater scripts. Would you say that's a good one? Well, I guess it d- depends on how you define appropriate. Uh, appropriate for the actors or for the audience? Well, for, the, for a community audience. I mean, we are not prudes, but we try to keep it fairly family-friendly. Then and, probably uh, that's not the show for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fairly adult. <laughs> okay. Well, I, did, I didn't know anything about it. So, okay. It's, Good to know. It's got a few lines. If you yeah. imagine uh, a group of uh, comedy writers trapped in a room together. Okay. <laughs> Say no more. It's, it's, I got it. Yeah. It's not the most pristine environment. Unfiltered. Right, right. right, right. <laughs> okay. I think it's a very honest uh, take on it. No, I bet it was. It's the, a, but, blue, uh, yeah. the blue smoke just sort of rolls out. Right, Along right. with the cigarette smoke. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So the uh, Sammy Davis Jr. movie was Tap, no S. Oh, Tap. Taps was a, a ghost hunters yeah, yeah. thing. Well, or the, uh, military. the the military school kids that took over. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. that's right. That was, that was Tom Cruise's first movie, right. I believe. Anyway, t- nineteen eighty nine Tap is what it's called. So. It was a great movie. Right. If you we got we digress. If you, we did we right. we do that often. Okay. Uh, Mousetrap. Mousetrap was after that. Agatha Christie's uh, finest thriller. Uh, one that is you you can't talk about it. It's just rude to talk about it uh, because so much of the joy is in the surprise, of course. Uh, so we won't talk about that one. We'll was move. that the longest running uh, show is the, in the West End? The longest running play in the history of plays in the, of, of all time. All all plays. We're counting the Greeks. We're counting all of it. Nothing has run longer than Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. That's true. Oh, those Greeks. Well, I, I hear it, it's one of those shows where, like, anywhere in the world at any one time, it's being produced somewhere. Surely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, former guest on the show, Beth Leonard. Yes. My, uh, my, oh, yeah, that's one of, right. One of my that's... theater instructors was back at the Lyceum. And for we got a, a chance to visit with Beth of... afterwards. Oh, yeah. good. That was she good. enjoyed that thoroughly. Yeah. We love Beth. Uh, it's always a pleasure when she's involved yeah, she's, in our shows. She's a lot of fun. She was a hoot in that show. She, she was. was perfect. She walked yeah. out. I was like, is that her? I guess. Yeah. Yep. I think yeah. it is. For such a is. kind person, she she really plays a mean old bat <laughs> very well. <laughs> she's a talented actress. She did. She did. And finally, you ended the uh, the season with a show that uh, I will just tell you just absolutely blew me away because I didn't know anything about it. I figured Steve Martin wrote it, so it was this funny thing. And then you told me that well, the music, the the actors play you know on stage, and I'm going okay. And I turned to Brenda, I said. They this, play instruments. They, they play, play instruments. instruments. And I said, I turn and I said, this is not Pump Boys and Dinettes. No. 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 <laughs> By any stretch of the imagination. Far from it. But I got to tell you what, guys, that was truly the most amazing show. I've got to put it in my top five. I mean, it was just an incredible tour de force all the way down the line. I mean, the acting was amazing. The show is kind of hits you in the face. I mean, it's, not what you think, uh, especially anything that's got Steve Martin attached to it. You're thinking, we're going to play banjo and it's going to be. Uh, well, and, since the show is closed, we can talk about it a little bit right. more openly than we could before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you don't put Steve Martin and infanticide in the same sentence very often. Yeah. <laughs> no. And Edie Brickell did help with music that's also. Right. That's right. Edie yeah. 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 Well, I, I will, I will echo what Brad's. I did not get to see it, unfortunately, but. Talked to somebody else who did, who has been a longtime uh, Lyceum patron, and they said, "I think it's the best show I've ever seen at the Lyceum." Well, I love hearing that. That was, I mean, it was something we were very that's proud of. Years of history that they're talking, and I—it's someone whose opinion I value and trust. So I think you guys 
knocked it out of the park with who, that di- who directed that? <laughs> Me. You guy you right here to my right. You knew that. Are we going to need to widen the doors so he can get out of <laughs> no, no, no. I'll fluff it. Yeah, but actually, there's one thing to talk about, though. Talk about how you changed the way the show actually is produced by directing it and the risk you took. That's what I was going to ask you, too, because it was I don't mean to be the interviewer different. here, but it's just, no, it's, it, it was really neat. Yeah, so we, when, when the show appeared on Broadway in 2016, uh, up against Hamilton, which is why very few people have ever heard of it, uh, mm-hmm. because Hamilton did sort of suck all the air out of the room uh, with that show. Uh, it was done like a normal musical where there were, you know, the, the principal characters and the ensemble of singer dancers and then the band, they were all separate parts. Uh, and that was probably 30 something people to achieve that. We thought we could just take that whole show, uh, figure out a way for 12 people to do all of that. So some of the actors were playing as many as six instruments a piece wow. uh, to achieve it. And, uh, the, when I was thinking about the show, I, I love the music. The music does feel like they, they feel like album songs. They don't necessarily feel like musical theater action songs. Uh, and we really thought if we could embrace the, uh, the, the, the musician side of things, we could give the show a little bit more resonance and also really uh, expand on that uh, very theatrical storytelling device that we wanted to play around with. So it was uh, it was a lot of work for a lot of people, but a whole lot of fun. So Quinn, in your search, you know, when you when you're trying to cast a show, a normal show, you you have a certain process for casting and search for talent, that kind of thing. So knowing that you wanted to go into it using musicians, you had to have musicians who were instrumentalists. How did that change your search approach? What did you do differently? Well, what really happened with it is that we, uh, we've done a fair amount of guitar musicals. So we know a lot of people that, that do this sort of thing. Uh, and we kind of built our approach around the actors who were available. Okay. Uh, I will say that what we did without the exact same group of people, I don't know how you would do it. I, I don't know that you'd find those skill sets, uh, out there. Uh, so it really was a, a once in a lifetime kind of thing. A little bit of the stars aligning. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. Th- you know, it's interesting that when that happens, uh, oh, we, we've talked to thrilling. other people on projects where it's like, yeah, the stars just kind of fell into place. Mm-hmm. It's yep. interesting. That's right? what we experienced. Yeah. Sometimes it is more art than science, isn't it? <laughs> Every now and then. Yeah. 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 Do you think others will take this approach then? Are you a trendsetter as far as do you think maybe other, you know, other companies might, may look at that and go, that's the way that show maybe needs to be done. We, Steve, we did shall Steve see. Martin approve? I mean, you know. I mean, we, we played every note in the score. So we actually didn't do any, and we didn't alter the, the, the script either. So we didn't change anything. So right. as far as just Steve and Edie are concerned, we did their show. Right. It was just a staging change. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that remains to be seen. All right. All right. Well, very good. Well, congratulations good. on a great season. Thanks so much. It's been a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what's coming up. Well, I'm going to talk to Steve first for just right. a moment okay. because Uh-oh. I want to enjoy this wine. Talk to yeah. Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quinn wants to drink. So You're on a 30 <laughs> second break. We can have more if you want seconds. So. Uh, the old girl needs new seats. And oh, yeah. So, she does. And so <laughs> it's, it's time, you know, and. Now there's a perfect credit to I'm the glad you brought this up, Brad. You're not going to wear out seats if you don't have a lot of people. There you so, go. you know, we've That's been successful exactly right. and when you have a successful theater, your seats wear out. It's a problem, but you know, it's we're, a good problem. We're going to do something about it, are we, Steve? It's uh, been 30 years. So, the That's seats long. were put in 1993. 
And there's some people, believe it or not, somebody just said it to me the other day, like, why do you need to replace the seats? These are in great condition. I said, go sit in this one right here. You slide it forward falls. when you sit in. Yeah. The back of it falls off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I told somebody, I said, well, yeah, they're in fairly good shape, but there's a number that need, need work. And the problem is that you can't find parts for them anymore right. because they right. are 30 years yeah. old and they've outlived their life. Actually, probably beyond. Beyond. Their I was going to say, so. that's a good that's a pretty good amortization of uh, seat money over 30 years. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's time for us to uh, put new seats in. And Quinn and I talked about it several years ago. We are hoping to launch it when our 60th anniversary was going to happen in 2020. Obviously, that didn't happen, so we postponed the seat campaign and we launched it this year. Talked to our board of directors and said, "Let's do it. We need to do it. We've got to get. We forced." they start really falling apart. Let's get new seats in the theater. So uh, we worked with a good friend of ours, Keith Kerchek, who's a theater architect. He's also an actor and uh, we couldn't ask for a better person to help us design the space and turn it into what we needed to and to uh, choose the right company uh, to design and also make the seats. So yeah, so hopefully for this uh, spring of 2024, everything's going to go according to plan. They're going to be implemented before the 2024 season even opens. The theater seat is called the Descharmes Arte. So it's a pretty fancy title for a seat. You know, it's got these sleek lines. I mean, the description's pretty, you know. But Keith, pretty sexy. Keith, do you know what the best part of these seats are? They have drink holders. Oh, yes. They have drink holders. We're going to have cup holders. And we're one of the few performing arts auditoriums that actually is putting cup holders in their theater. What we promise is we will put links on the podcast website about how you can buy a seat, donate for a seat, that kind of thing. So you theater patrons out there, you know, you don't have to be in central Missouri, wherever you are. If you want to support the arts, chip in and buy a seat. Yeah, that's the Get most your name on it, right? That's the you most important part of this project happening is is people donating to make the project happen and getting their name engraved on a back of seat. I have my seat. My seat is coming. All so right. I can't wait. We appreciate that. Hey, Keith, one of the other things I wanted to talk about, one of the comments. Comments. One of the, the the really cool comments that I get is that they walk into the theater and they say, how do they do the sets? The sets in this theater are fantastic. I think Ryan and his team, I can't say enough. I, I've sent Keith a couple of pictures and said, look at this. This set is amazing. Just talk about that just for a minute because I, I got, I just, I love on them, I love on them all the time because it's just, it's just so cool. I couldn't agree with you more. Ryan Zern Gable, our director of production and also our often resident scenic designer, uh, is a, a magician slash mad scientist. <laughs> uh, and the things that he comes up with, uh, out of his weird and wacky mind, uh, it, 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 it really is thrilling. Uh, and one of the, one of the neat things about our space is the intimacy that you were talking about right. before. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Ryan and our other set designers, uh, who we bring in really, really try to indulge that because yeah. the, the opportunity to have the action that close to the audience, uh, storytelling that is inescapable because it is so close to you. You can, you can breathe their air. You can probably feel their spit if you're sitting in the front row. Uh, it, it really is a, a, a special thing, but Ryan particularly understands this space so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is uh, a, a wonderful space that we're lucky to have, but it has its limitations. Sure. And uh, it, it really is those limitations. I think that inspire so much creativity. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he can put together a, a show with, 
50 locations and it all fits on our stage because he knows how to think about it. Yeah. Knowing, knowing those limitations and being able to accept those challenges is, is half the battle. I agree. And, uh, I, you know, I, I look at technical theater, um, lights, sound, set design, uh, set decoration, that kind of thing. I compare it a lot of times to a soundtrack to a movie. If it's done really well, it shouldn't stand out right. at you. But if it's missing, it's like there's something wrong yep, here. Yep. And it's it, and when it's done well, it's just like icing on the cake. No matter how good the performances are, no matter how good the direction is, when it has that look and sound and the lights and you know painting with light. And I think the average theater goer doesn't. It, it's not their fault. They right. just don't know how much that brings to the quality of a production. The the, the yeah. real magic with what we do is when you find, and it doesn't always happen uh, equally, um, but when collaboration is at its truest, when the scenic design, the lighting design, the sound design, the direction, the performances, all of those, the music direction, all of yeah. those things work perfectly in tandem. Uh, it, it, it is it is the rarest air to breathe. Yeah. It's just a, a really magical thing. And I love your use of the word magic because it is magic. It's one of the reasons I love the theater art form. It is one of the only art forms that incorporates almost every other, and I think it does incorporate every other art form, from sculpture to painting to dance to music to acting, architecture. You know, it is all-inclusive when it's done the right way. It is magic. There's no other word for it. It's all in so, there. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be overly complicated. No, either. no. It can, it can be, be very, very simple. simple. I mean, yeah. for example, Bright Star. I mean, it's, Bright Star I don't think is an overly complicated set. No. But it's probably received some of the best comments yeah. of just that simple look yeah. and what it created for the show, how yeah. it told the story and just the feel of it. It's, it's a terrific set and it's just not, you know, something that's overly complicated. Well, and too. I appreciate, I, you know, I've, I've done some amateur set design because of my background, but forcing the audience to use their imagination, yep. don't spoon feed them every door. Don't spoon feed them every stairway. I love minimalist sets and suggestive sets and where the audience is forced to go outside of the real world mm -hmm. and immerse themselves into a world of imagination. And when, when that is done well, uh, the, the ultimate experience is far truer, far more real than, uh, what we would think of as realistic scenery or realistic performances because it's like reading a book. Uh, you get to fill in the gaps with your imagination. It takes more of a mental investment. Absolutely. Yeah. It engages so much yeah. more of you, you as an audience member. You have to buy in. You have to buy into it to get into the world. So, right. Yeah. Great. So does the team when they have a minimum yes. and limited budget. They have yes. to really be creative. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. we do that well here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we do. That's, that's we a do successful that well, operation. You have The million-dollar sets that – or not a million dollars. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. They just have to look like them. We know yeah. they just have to look like a million. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, let's talk about next year. All right. Super excited. The the first one is is a show that I just I love the old movie. It just makes you feel good. It's a little hokey, but it's got the best dancing in it. Yeah, you talk and, about tap. And, yeah, yeah and, and one of the uh, slogans that they had when they had at the Fox Theater, which, by the way, this is the kind of show that you can also do at the Fox Theater, is – the Broadway show for people that really like Broadway shows. Yeah, I love <laughs> yeah, that. And I love that. But we're doing 42nd Street. Just one of the best behind-the-scenes musicals ever written uh, with great Broadway standards like uh, Lullaby of Broadway, uh, We're in the Money. Uh, 
and shuffle off to Buffalo. Shuffle off to Buffalo. I mean, yeah. the, the list goes on and on. Almost every song in it, you're like, oh wow, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, we we were really inspired to do it because of the audience's response to State Fair uh, yeah. and seeing you know a, a small group of incredible tap dancers. So we thought, well, let's give them a whole stage full of them. With Forty Second Street, yeah, that's a fun, that's a great show. old standard. Yeah, you know, no I feel sorry for the orchestra below during that show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, that's, that's an interesting point you bring up because uh, I, our audience often asks, "Where uh, is, is that on a CD? Where's that music coming from?" Because you can't see the orchestra in well, our theater. I, I did the first time. I've been coming up here for years, and I always kind of wondered. I always thought they were off off stage in back, and no, they're they're, they're actually right directly beneath the feet. stage wow. and. And for a big tap show, it's uh, it's rackety. I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to come down sometime, Brad, and listen to that. What are the show dates? <laughs> I would. I'd like to. Brad, so what are the show dates? This on is that? gonna this is gonna kick off the season, and we're gonna start the seventh of June. We've got performances from the seventh all the way to the sixteenth, and there's you just need to get on uh, the Lysim's uh, website. Yeah. Uh, tickets buy, won't go on sale for a, a while. Buy a season membership, right? Just buy, just season. buy season tickets, yeah. and then you'll get to see all of these. Yeah, and those going, gonna, season gonna tickets go on sale November 1st. All right. So, so the second one uh, is one that I am uh, uh, particularly interested in, and uh, I hope you're going to let me help with a little bit. And it's uh, also incredibly timely, which I know you didn't know when you booked this. We're going to have Margaritaville right here at the Lyceum Theater with Jimmy Buffett's Escape to Margaritaville. Which is not a sequel to the Kurt Russell movie Escape from New York. I've had two people ask me that. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I, I not- swear to you. <laughs> I haven't Snake heard that one yet. I thought you were dead. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Did you know that that was filmed in St. Louis? Yes. Yeah. Union Station yeah. before they re- before they fixed it. I just it, learned yeah. that the other day. Oh yeah. I thought they did some of it at the Fox too while there was, when yeah. it was falling there was apart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah was, before it became yeah. the Fox. So anyway, this is a uh, this. You can tell us about it, Quinn. Well, but it's, Brad, you can probably tell more about it than I can. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, a, a going to be a great treat for parrot heads and novices alike. Uh, the uh, all of the Jimmy Buffett tunes that you want to hear are in Escape to Margaret. Margaritaville, which is a really fun, silly, and funny uh, romantic comedy uh, set, uh, of course, Down Island, where it should be, with e- everything you would expect, including a uh, an about-to-erupt volcano. It's it's all in there. Yeah, Ryan gets to do both volcano, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fine. Uh, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. It's going to be a, it's going to be a wonderful uh, show. It starts uh 6-28-24, so it's at the end of June and we'll run through the next week, the first week of July. This uh this show is funny too, Quinn, because people ask me all the time because they know I'm a huge parrot and they, you know, when it when it hit Broadway, I said I said, "I'm sorry, but this is going to bomb on Broadway. This is the New York people don't know what to think about this, but when this hits the road, this show is going to be a hit. Yeah. I said, first of all, Jimmy Buffett doesn't do anything that doesn't make money. He's real good at it. He's very, very good at it. Good songs, and he knows how to make money. And sure enough, this one's been been pretty good on the road. Well, uh, yeah, and all of the other uh, uh, producing theaters that have done it, I, I mean, everyone has experienced just this unbelievable indoor beach party Yeah, uh, yeah. that is uh, every bit as much fun on stage as it is in the audience. What a fun environment. Yeah, but we're going to need to blow up some, some beach balls, yep, and there's some, there's some sharks that are going to have to fins up. Show yeah. up we need and, to get some of his band members up here because 
Peter Mayer, who's one of his lead guitar players, and Jim Mayer, who's his bass player, live in St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. St. Louis boys. I've well, seen them a few times in, in concert at the Grand uh, Grandel Square. They're wonderful. Yeah. yeah, they're they're good guys. They really are. That's coming up. That's going to be a blast. Then one for uh, for everybody. I was going to say the little people, but for everybody, we got uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. This is uh, so. This will be our third musical. All three of these are Lyceum premieres. Uh, I do believe that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is going to be the Missouri professional premiere of it as oh, well. Nice. Um, this is based on uh, the Roald Dahl book, of course, sure. but also the uh, Gene Wilder film. Uh, so songs from the movie like Candyman, I Got the Golden Ticket, uh, the Oompa Loompa song, yeah. uh, Pure yeah. Imagination, all of those great tunes are, are in the show. Uh, it is a weird and wacky journey uh, through the gates of Willy Wonka's uh, Chocolate Factory. And uh, a, a few select young people have been chosen by finding the golden ticket uh, to take a tour of yeah. the uh, inaccessible uh, and unbelievably strange factory of Willy Wonka. It is so fun for adults and children. It, and uh, like any good Roll Doll story, it has a certain darkness to it as well. well a little, little, yeah. little creepy. Yeah. yeah. My only question is. Are you going to cast some actual Oompa Loompas? Well, uh, as they are a <laughs> fantasy species, I don't know that we can do that. But uh, yeah, the, the damn it, Quinn! <laughs> if you're gonna do it, come do on, it right. man. <laughs> Are you going to fly audition process? There are a lot of effects required yeah. in the show. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, between the Oompa Loompas, the, uh, the, the magical s- elevator. Oh, all uh, the stuff yeah. in the factory that happens. Yeah. 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 Violet the, Beauregard. Yeah, yeah. Are you really going to the change, bubbly, change The bubbly soda that blueberry. makes them float. Yeah. All of those things. Yeah, we did. Uh, um, now, is there a difference between – is there a Willy Wonka – Musical, or is so this the same? The movie is called Willy Wonka okay. and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. The, the, the book is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. This, uh, this stage version incorporates all of that. Right. Yeah. So we did this in, at the little theater and I was on the fly crew. So oh. we got to fly lots of people. The Wonka Vader was heavy. I'll put yeah. it that way. Yeah. yeah. I believe it. Several yeah. That's right. That hey, wait, I was in that show. <laughs> Were you? Yeah. I was the announcer guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Oh. <laughs> it was memorable. Made yeah. a real impact on me, I can see. <laughs> and moving on. It was a fun show. <laughs> it was a really fun show. <laughs> Audiences yeah, the, the will Tony, love that. The Tonys passed me up on that it's one. It's an yeah. audience pleaser, that's for sure. This next show is a theater lovers show. It's a, it's a show for theater people. I mean, it's funny anyway for anybody, but if you're a theater person, this is it. It's noises off. There's some inside, and so inside it's a, jokes. It is, and it's a play within a play. And you get to see the, the the fun thing is the audience gets to see both sides of the the curtain as it were. So it opens in rehearsals, right? Then it's later on the road, and you actually spin the set. When we did it in Jeff City, they left the curtain open, and the audience got to see them. It got applause. Oh yeah, when the, <laughs> right. when the set turned because it was a massive ordeal. But you get to see backstage. Months into the run and craziness ensues. Yes. Actors and, behaving badly. And there's um, relationships falling <laughs> apart and no up, upstaging and missed cues and missed lines and, you know, props being mishandled and there's a cactus that comes into play. And so I, I don't want to give too much away, but it is a hilarious script. And, uh, Michael Frayne wrote it. Uh, it's very popular. Um, it, it gets a lot of play in community theaters and high schools because 
it's just a an audience and a cast friendly show. So noises off is a lot of fun. That one goes up July. July. Yeah. That's the next one. July runs through the last two weeks of July, basically. Um, I, I know you, you all always pick uh, three favorite things or whatever you call it. Our top three picks. Top three picks. Yeah. Um, Noises Off is one of my top three picks of favorite plays or musicals yeah. of all time. I just yeah, think wow. it is the best. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to do, too. So. Yeah. Then the next one's Moriarty, Ken Ludwig, who is well-known playwright, a lot of great comedies, Moon Over Buffalo. Uh, Friend of the Lyceum, believe yeah, me. We've, yeah. we've done a few. Friend yeah. of uh, of educational and community theater because his shows are, are fun, easy to do. They're audience-friendly. So, But Moriarty, the Sherlock Holmes saga, tell us about that one. Yeah, this is one of uh, Mr. Ludwig's newest adaptations. Uh, he, uh, he, he really has gotten into the adaptation game, uh, our production of Murder on the Orient Express a couple of years ago was written by him or adapted by him. Uh, and uh, this is his newest, uh, which of course pits Sherlock Holmes against his arch nemesis Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, borrowing largely from uh, a couple of stories in particular, uh, but uh, what he has done uh, for anybody that has ever seen a production of the 39, 39 Steps, uh, he's taken this great epic Sherlock Holmes adventure and boiled it down so that five actors play all of the characters. Uh, So in addition to this great story and mystery, you also get the theatrical fun of seeing people play just scads and scads of different characters. Yeah. Taking on on different roles and different characters. It's always fun to see. A lot of the funny actually happens as a result of that. Yeah. So Moriarty uh, by Ken Ludwig, and that is in uh, early September. And then Million Dollar Quartet. Okay, so so the the quartet that they're talking about is Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, and Johnny Cash. Yeah, and this is one of those I'll call it a musical review show, but it's uh, one of those where you get a lot of well known music with a story woven into it. And uh, so, tell us about Million Dollar Quartet. Yeah, it is based on an actual historical occurrence uh, yeah. where all four of those guys gathered at Sam Phillips' Sun Studios uh, and played music together for a night. Now, we don't know exactly what they played, but in the show, you get to hear all of their greatest hits. Walk the Line, Blue Suede Shoes. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on. Everything you can think of that's a Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley. Well, I would challenge you to come up with a good Carl Perkins hit, uh, other than Blue Suede Shoes, which Elvis stole from him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, it, it, it really is uh, just a dynamite theatrical experience. It is something that is beloved anytime it is produced. Uh, we last did it in 2016. I think. Uh, and uh, people have been asking for it to return ever since. So we're really happy to uh, to bring those guys back. That'll be a crowd pleaser also. Is, no doubt. Is Steve Bertani going to play drums? Well, Steve was not in our 2016 production of it. Uh, I think it was offered to him and he uh, he was unavailable or we couldn't meet his price. I'm not, I'm not, really, I'm not really sure. Wait a minute. Was well, bullshit on unavailable? I mean, we can curse on this thing. Oh yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! <laughs> this is not FCC right. It's a whole new show wow. now. Yeah. We're not just fucking around. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Around, around the, the old, the around the old dinner table uh, there. Yeah. yeah. The, the new annex. Well, you know, we talk about all these scripts, and you know, all these scripts have to start with a story, and 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 in musical theater, they call it a book. Okay, so there's another way to get books, also. 
And that is through your local library. Really? Did you know that? No. That's is that a segue or what? That's, that's not a good one, but it is All one. Right, so it is one. We have to thank. <laughs> Don't be judgmental. Don't judge have me. another glass of wine. We, uh, we want to thank Missouri River Regional Library for being a sponsor, but they have a service a subscription box where you can order books. And then based on what you order and like, it will sort of like suggest books for you. And it's all through your library card. I'm sure Bon Vivant's in your area. Your libraries have the same type deal. So check out your local library. You can get almost anything you want to read through your local library. We want to thank Missouri River Regional Library for being a sponsor of the show and support your local library wherever you are. It's not a place for old, it's dusty books anymore. It's not just a place for dusty books anymore. That's, That's right. right. Not, that the, not that any of their books would be dusty. but Before we move on to the most important part of the show, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention one of the most beloved shows here at the Lyceum Theater, and that's A Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got one coming up, but the one in 24 will be a special, uh, even more special. It's a 10-year anniversary. Yeah, and, we uh, uh, we first started doing uh, A Christmas Carol in 2014, uh, thanks to the prodding of Rob Lamb of Lamb Tech in Sedalia. Uh, it is our own unique adaptation. Uh, it is not one that you can see anywhere else exactly as we do it. We're very excited uh, to uh, continue the tradition this year uh, with A Christmas Carol, and the next year will be our 10th anniversary production. Uh, nice. And we have some really exciting plans in store to refresh, revitalize, and surprise the audience. Cool. Uh, we, we try to do that every year, but we have even larger plans for it in I've 2024. Heard nothing, so heard nothing but good about that. Uh, and, and Quinn's leaving out the most important part, that this is his adaptation of the show. That's correct. And it's a really terrific script, and he actually directs it every year as well. So nice. he's always working on a script. I, I do know that. There's always little changes. He tries to keep the show fresh. And uh, he does a hell of a job with it every year. One of the things that really matters to us is each year finding newer and uh, deeper ways of reflecting what Charles Dickens originally wrote. Yeah. Uh, I, I think any adaptation that forgets that uh, just forgets why they're there. Yeah. Uh, it is a perfect story. Uh, and it, it, it because how many things uh, can you think of that involve a, a revitalization of the spirit, but also terrifying ghosts and Christmas. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's all there. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It is. Dickens was a genius when he put that thing together. So, so, so 20, are you actually going to make it snow? I mean, really snow in the theater. That would be cool. Well, it does every year. No, I, I mean, really like, snow. Like real snow? With actual I mean, snow? Real, yeah, oh, real we need wet, cold snow would be really cool. <laughs> that would like be... coming right out of the Zamboni, <laughs> you know. That, that would be... We need that retractable roof. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't want the audience to have to imagine snow. We right. want real snow. Uh, right. <laughs> Make them really feel cold, too. No, the yeah, snow You want to replace smoke. seats more regularly? <laughs> Make it snow in the theater. That's yeah. true. That's true. All right. Well, it sounds like an exciting season, everyone. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the most heralded part of the We Like That Two podcast, the El Bandito Yankee Tequila Three Top Picks. That's right, Brad. El Bandito Yankee Tequila is the official sponsor of the We Like That Two Three Top Picks portion of the podcast. Hey, Keith, let's tell the Bombivants the top three reasons El Bandito Yankee is our choice when it comes to premium tequilas. Well, first of all, El Bandito is authentically crafted by traditional methods using only mature blue Weber agave. So you know it's the real stuff. That's right. And it's also confirmed 100% additive free, no added flavors, no chemicals, no nonsense, just pure natural tequila goodness. Yeah. You know, Brad, the best reason though? What's that? It's the taste. 
Whether you're mixing it with your favorite cocktails or just sipping it straight. And whether it's Blanco or Reposado, El Bandito Yankee Tequila goes down nice and easy. You bet it does. You know what the folks at El Bandito call that? It's, it's criminally, criminally smooth. smooth. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. premium tequila at a palatable price. So ask for it wherever you buy your fine spirits. El Bandito Yankee Tequila. And now for the top three picks. All right. We've talked a lot about scripts today, and we know you guys are theater guys so we're gonna go three top comic or funny lines from a stage comedy or musical okay again we've hamstrung ourselves by picking an endlessly broad category uh this was not easy and so i defaulted uh to some simple ones for me but god you could we could do this I tried Forever. to do I tried to do shows I've seen or been yeah. in well in one of them I've been in. So, All right, so yeah. so Quinn and Steve are going to kind of collaborate on their picks, and we'll let you guys go first. We'll do one at a time. We'll go around. We do honorable mentions you want want to. So Quinn and Steve, your f- first three top pick for funny and comic lines. These are from a play or musical. Yeah, either one. We're not using yeah. movies. Well, no. th- th- yeah, but they could be adapted. Yeah, That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. Many of them have. Uh, one of my. All-time favorite lines uh, is from Neil Simon's The Odd Couple. Uh, Oscar Madison brings out a plate of food for the poker game and says, uh, I got uh, brown sandwiches and green sandwiches. <laughs> it's either very new cheese or very old meat. Yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> One of my all-time great favorites. Lines. Yeah. <clears throat> I've played two of them. I've, played, I've been in that show twice. I've played two of the poker players, so I guess, you yeah. know, I went with my strengths. I've done awesome. Play poker before, and yeah. drink beer. Great yeah. role. Great role. So. I wanted to play Felix, but they cast me as Oscar. Yeah, I hate that. Imagine yeah. that. I I've go. only I, ever played Felix, but I'm way more of an Oscar. I wanted to go against type, so yeah. I wanted to, you know, so. All right. Uh, my first one, I'll go with my Neil Simon one, too. Um, and when I chose these, I tended to lean toward roles that I'd had because those kind of lines – meant something to me. So I got to play Paul in Barefoot in the Park in college. And there's a, a point where they're kind of arguing after their evening out and and, sh- and Corey is accusing Paul of being a stuffed shirt and how he won't loosen up and stuff like that. And she says, you know what, Paul, there are watchers in this world and there are doers. And the watchers sit around watching the doers do. Well, tonight you watched and I did. And he replies, well, it was a lot harder for me to watch what you were doing than it was for you to do what I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He can uh, write them. There's so many. Yeah, no kidding. And there's so many of those uh, those one-liners. Simon was a master at that. Uh, you know, they live on this upper floor. And it, every time somebody comes in and have to, has to climb the steps, there's some kind of one-liner about, you know, I always wanted to go to heaven, but I didn't think I have to climb the stairs <laughs> right, to get right. there. Yeah. And in that show, I think it does snow through the window on top of them. You would love it. No, right? it does. Yeah. It snows yeah, through the roof. Yeah. Yeah, I like, yeah. uh, this was a show that I saw. You guys can guess what the show is. I saw this in Las Vegas. And at uh, if you ever get a chance to see the, the, the beautiful, fancy theater that's downtown, it's really a beautiful place. It's kind of art deco. It's very un, it's very un Las Vegas. It's beautiful theater, but the line, I have maggots in my scrotum. I am now singing and dancing and now I'm going to die. Any guess? It's Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon. I was going to say, I do not know that one. And I haven't seen Book of Mormon yet. Oh, so you'd love it. I know I would. Well, I the yet. fact that they could do that show in Las Vegas where there is a very large Mormon. Yeah, uh, no kidding. I was like, 
Ooh, wow. I'll tell you, when I saw it on Broadway, I had a, an entire uh, Mormon family sitting behind me, and nobody in that theater had more fun than they did. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they got all the jokes. Yeah. 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 No kidding. All the jokes. No kidding. So you got another right, one? You got Quinn. a second one? Uh, yeah. Um, this is, I believe, from Auntie Mame, but I think it's also in the musical Mame, uh, when Vera Charles, the aging star, comes down mid-morning finally waking up and getting out of bed incredibly hung over from the night before and she opens the curtains this is like noon she opens the curtains and says oh god that moon is bright <laughs> i say it all the time it's one of my one of my all-time favorites steve you got one you want to throw in there yeah, well, you know, yeah, well yeah actually okay, i was thinking yeah. of uh, yeah. laughter on the 23rd floor yeah and uh one of my favorite little snippets is when uh uh uh, when it's Lucas and Ma- Max, and he uh, says, "My name is Lucas." I thought you were Arnie, what, right? Or yeah, something let's like, see if I can what, do that. What is it? Uh, my name I is Lucas. It was... It's not Arnie. Uh, no, Lucas. Too late. <laughs> right? Well, I, it's already Arnie. I don't know the line. <laughs> it's one of those. Tiny, but it's really funny if you saw it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Like you, a lot of the, a lot of things that came to mind were, were lines that I use in real life. Yeah. Like I will quote them in real life. And, and, and so an honorable mention is from, uh, Lion and Winter. Mm. Uh, and Eleanor and Henry are, are bickering back and forth and he challenges her in something. And she, he says, when pigs get wings and she says, there'll be pork in the treetop come morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I use that one all the time. But my, um, my second one is, um, it's from Lion and Winter. And it's, uh, and, and if you don't know Lion and Winter Bon Vivants, it's, uh, King Henry II, Eleanor of Aquitaine, their three sons bickering over who's going to inherit the throne and property and marriages and all this. And it is a comedy. James Goldman wrote it. And there's a point where Jeffrey, the middle son, who's sort of like the forgotten son, and he's talking to the, the king of France and he says, I know, you know, I know, I know, you know, I know, we know Henry knows and Henry knows we know it. We're a knowledgeable family. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. <laughs> uh, that's always been one. That's of my really good. Yeah. My second one, I remember it because I was a kid. I was really young, and mom took me to this production uh, for Little Theater. And as a kid, I just thought this was the funniest line on the planet, and that's Brazil, where the nuts come that, from. No, that's Charlie a great Zan. line. From Charlie's yeah. Charlie Zan. I just thought. I just sat there and laughed and laughed and laughed. Mom, <laughs> mom kind of took, you know, thought it was pretty funny that I thought it was that funny, but I was like, well, it just, yeah, it's kind it's of a dope funny. thing. It's, it's still, still funny. funny. It's still a good line. Yeah, so I'm going to try to summon my next one. It's from, uh, the importance of being earnest. Um, let's see if I can get it right. All women become like their mothers. That's their tragedy. No man does. That's his. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. It's a classy one. one. It's it is. a classy, it is a classy one. one. That's right. I got a lot of not classy ones. I got I two share. that aren't classy at all. Yeah. No, no. Steve, anything else? No, I okay. can't. Try, try that one from Laughter on the 23rd Floor again. Oh, uh, <laughs> take two. <laughs> My name is Lucas. Not Arnie? No, Lucas. I've been calling you Arnie. Too late. No, I've already learned no, Lucas. There's no too late. There's no too late. I said, I've been calling you Arnie. And why didn't you say something? And he says, I didn't know you were talking to me. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
professional oh, professional theater, ladies and, and it's gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Right and, and or and it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> so my last one actually lasts two because I'm going to do an honorable mention off of it too. I got to do a bucket list role. I got to do Norman Thayer Jr. in On Golden Pond here this uh, last year, and it's always had a lot of lines that I've stolen from it. And one of them is, "What's the use of having dwarves if they don't do chores?" <laughs> I always told my <laughs> About kids the that. Child. Yeah, yeah, I was saying I, uh, to Billy, you know, he's. As he's making him do all this stuff, and, and uh, I always use that with my own kids. But um, one of my favorites is uh, Ethel's talking about a, a, some neighbors that she just met, and she says, oh, they're a nice middle-aged couple just like us. And he says, if they're middle-aged, they're not like us. And she says, yes, they are. And he says, middle-aged means middle Ethel, the middle of life. People don't live to be 150. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always been one of my I bet favorite. you had a blast doing that play. It's it so was, good. It was a great role, great play. We had a great time. So, yeah, a lot of fun. I've got one honorable mention, and it's actually from Noises Off, where they said, no, I'm not in Spain, dear. I'm in agony. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the favorite shows that I did was Spamalot. And, of course, that's oh, that's a quote machine. You know, Thank it's you. only a flesh wound yep, just yep, in there. And yep. then, of course, I got to be the French taunter. So, you know, your mother is a hamster and your father smells of elderberries. Yes. The other, my, my other favorite one was anything from the producers. You know, Franz Liebkin, ah. you know, he <laughs> there was a painter. He could paint an entire apartment in one afternoon. Two coats. <laughs> Two coats. <laughs> Two coats. Oh, there's so many great ones from the producers. Oh, the producers. Yeah. Is, is oh, one of my favorites. There's a lot of little old ladies out there. There you go. Oh, you got one. There you go. Little that was lady. perfect. Little old lady <laughs> lad. All right. Well, that was fun. We could do that a long time, guys. And you have work to do. Yeah. So thank you all very you go, much for this uh, was great. Yeah, great. Thank you for being here and uh, Bon Vivant support local theater wherever you are. That's right. Uh, and go buy a ticket, see a show. Better and, yet. Why don't you try a road trip to beautiful yeah, Arrow Rock, Missouri? Yeah, if you're ever in central Missouri. And uh, we got a great season coming up uh, for Christmas. Give yourself a Christmas present. Come see a Christmas carol. There that would go. be that would be wonderful. Great for the family. You bet. Oh, absolutely. Family Christmas and it's become, you know, what's really been cool, Keith, is watch. It's become a Christmas tradition and a lot of families to come to Arrow Rock and, and come to the come to the show. Quinn so, and Steve, thank you. Thank you, and, gentlemen. Uh, Dr. Jones. Cheers. cheers. We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because we We like that that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too.